going back and being able to distill the advice and the and the strategies and the tips and stuff from the books into an even more um, bite-sized, even more practical kind of laser-focused way has been very satisfying for me because I'm always looking to optimize. So I'm kind of optimizing my own previously optimized <laughs> advice. Um, and that's just kind of a fun problem-solving thing for me because I'm a nerd and I like to problem-solve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 38 of Be More Well. My guest today is author and now podcaster, Sarah Knight. And we're gonna be talking about, uh, how should I say this? Uh, not giving a fuck. Yeah, there it is. But first, uh, Be More Well is a wellness-focused podcast hosted by me, Jeff St. Pierre. Now, what do I know about wellness? The answer is almost nothing but that's why I started this podcast. I wanted to talk to people from all across the wellness spectrum, doctors, athletes, musicians, moms, dads, everyone who's got a story to tell about how they've found mindfulness and wellness in their life. Ultimately, my goal here is to provide you with some information and some inspiration that will help you be happier, be healthier, be less stressed, be more mindful. You know, I just want you all to be more well. I always looked at life with this mantra, this sort of old school mantra of sorts of work hard and you'll be rewarded for it. And that keeping your nose to the grindstone was what you're supposed to do. This idea that, you know, keeping your head down and just doing everything that gets thrown at you is how you achieve the American dream, right? Well, as I've aged, I realize that's a whole lot of bullshit. I said yes to everything that my bosses threw at me. I ended up taking on way too much work, way more than I should have. There, there was a time where I was doing the work of five people, and I'm not exaggerating. I was six years into my current job, and at the time I was hired, there were five full-time people that eventually had been laid off or fired, and I was doing all of their work. It's crazy, right? The corporate mentality is that if there's work to be done, someone will step up and do it. Well, that became very toxic for me. It started to lead me down a road that was just not healthy. My health, both physical and mental, really started to struggle. And that's when Sarah Knight came into my life. Now, we've never met personally, but she's had more influence on me than almost anyone else I can think of. Sarah is the author of what is now called the No Fucks Given Guides. It all started back in late 2015, and I mean late. Sarah's book, uh, the first one, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, came out at the very end of December. Now, I don't even remember now how I even came across it, but I saw the book and I thought, I really need to check this out. I was never a fan of, um, how should I say it, self-help books. I always feel like that sounds weird, but I was never a fan of self-help books, if you will. I had this mental stereotype that they weren't for me. I wasn't the type of person who would read a self-help book. But this one, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, had the F word in the title. So it had to be different, right? I started reading it, and it was a light bulb moment. If I were a cartoon character, I would have had that little bubble pop up over my head with a bulb and a long string attached to it, which I would have had to reach up to pull down and turn it off. Sarah was speaking to me. She's known across the world as the anti-guru. She's a person who doesn't like self-help books herself, so she wrote a book for those people just like her. It worked because I was hooked. It was while I read that book that I started to realize my life was totally off the rails. I had no control of it, and I was spending way too much of my time and energy doing things that I shouldn't be doing, things that didn't make me happy, things that didn't help me overall. 
Sarah's words and advice are what kickstarted my journey to taking back my life and trying to live a better lifestyle that would benefit me moving forward. You know, every once in a while, my wife will say something to me along the lines of, I wish I could just not give a fuck like you. And I, and I laugh and I hand her Sarah's book. And I, it's like one of those old infomercials. You know, you too could not give a fuck with just five easy payments of 1995. All right, it's not going to be that expensive, trust me. The life-changing magic of not give a fuck turned into get your shit together. Then it was on to you do you, calm the fuck down, and fuck no. We are five books deep. There's three journals and now a new podcast. Sarah is taking her words to the internet and to a new audience. And, and what's great about the podcast, I find, is that for people who've never heard of her, it's a great way to be introduced. But for those of us that have been there since the beginning, it's kind of like a refresher course. Listening to her has reminded me of some of the things that maybe I've let slip over the last couple of years. And it gives her a chance to update things a little bit. I mean, look, the world is a very different place in March. March of 2021 than it was in December of 2015. We all know that. If you've been following my work over the years, you'll know that I've spoken with Sarah on multiple occasions. We used to joke that we've had our annual conversations on the books already. Uh, in fact, she will be the first repeat guest on Be More Well. One of my earlier interviews was with Sarah Knight. I hope you enjoyed this conversation because I know I did. It's just always a pleasure to catch up with her. Now, before I do give you the conversation with Sarah, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to Be More Well on whatever platform you're listening on right now. That way you'll be notified for all of the new episodes that come down the line. I'd also love it if you would rate and review the show so the podcast powers that be know how we're doing. That's a huge help in letting them know which podcast they should be sending out to new listeners. You can find us on Instagram at Be More Well Podcast. I try to put some other content on there as well. That's the best place that you can reach me too. So shoot me a DM on Instagram if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future guests. I say this every week. I love to hear what you guys want to talk about too. Be More Well was started selfishly by me so I can learn more about things that are going on out there. But if there's somebody that you want to hear from or a topic you want to talk about, please let me know and I'll do my best to get an episode done for that. Well, Sarah Knight, now the host of the No fucks given podcast uh the author of the no fucks given guides we're we're at five books and three workbooks now yes yes three journals five books a page a day calendar i uh i love it and i've told you this before because i've been lucky enough to speak with you i think for four out of the five books uh that have come out so uh, we joke it's the annual tradition of catching up between us <laughs> yeah i mean i talk to you more often than i talk to some of my relatives <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad in that sense, but <laughs> I didn't say I got uh, really excited a couple of months ago when I opened my email and there was one from you uh, telling me about your upcoming podcast. I was like, oh, my gosh, Sarah Knight is emailing me. <laughs> I got all flustered and even a little giddy at the moment. Well, some people have the opposite reaction when they see my name in their inbox. So I'm glad that for you, it was a source of joy. So tell me about this podcast. Now, you've written the books and now you've decided to take it to the Internet in a different way. So where did the idea come from or where should I say the inspiration to start the podcast come from? So inspiration came from desperation. Really, I had planned for 2020 to be a year where I was going to tour. I was going to take my international publishers up on their offers to have me, which I really hadn't been able to do with much vigor before because I'd always been under a really strict book deadline for a new no fucks given guide. Um, and this year I had a little bit more room or last year, I guess, 2020, I had a little more room to play with. So my plan was to do these events and travel and get the word out in other ways, uh, not having to actually write a book. Um, that did not happen, as you know, for, for all of the reasons that everybody didn't get to do everything that they wanted to do in 2020. So I 
I pivoted and it seemed like, okay, podcast was always in the back of my mind. And this might actually be a really opportune moment because I could do it by myself in the comfort of my own um, bedroom from where I am speaking to you today. Um, You can see this, your listeners cannot. Uh, And, uh, you know, it is kind of a solitary pursuit, at least on the, on the recording end. And then I have a nice team behind me with Cadence 13 who are producing it and helping me get the word out. And uh, so that really came together. And now here we are, got a podcast. We're six Six weeks in, uh, it's doing really well, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit more than I even anticipated. So it's a win-win. I'm glad to hear that. What about it has brought you more joy than you expected? I think that you know it's it's giving me a reinjection of uh, feedback. So you know I get emails and and stuff from people who read the books all the time, and I'm used to that. But the podcast listeners are a new. Um, vital audience that are coming back to me and saying, okay, great. I I heard this. I really like this. What about this? You know, it's like, it's engaging for me to know that people are out there listening and that it's helping them. So just in terms of a year that's been really depressing and difficult and, uh, and, and strange, it's been nice to be getting this feedback from the outside world. Since I don't see the outside world, I, I do not leave my house. I have not been out among people more than twice in the last 11 months. Um, So it's been, that's been like a lifeline for me. And then also, you know, going back and being able to distill the advice and the, and the strategies and the tips and stuff from the books into an even more um, bite-sized, even more practical kind of laser focused way has been very satisfying for me because I'm always looking to optimize. So I'm kind of optimizing my own previously optimized (laughs) advice. Um, And that's just kind of a fun problem solving thing for me because I'm a nerd and I like to problem solve. Well, I imagine too, like going back, the first book came out, what, six years ago? Is it something like that? Uh, Yeah, five and a half. I came out at the tail end of December, 2015. So for all intents and purposes, yeah. But to go back through all of your work and to pull out those nuggets for the podcast, because that's basically what the podcast is designed around. You basically have a theme for each one. Um, So to dive into those nuggets and really almost a deep dive onto a particular theme each time, it must feel kind of cool to, to go back at your work and look at it again. It is. It's been, it's been interesting. I do think that pretty much all of it holds up. I think so too. Uh, There, (laughs) there have been a few things that I've learned in the last five or six years that uh, I hope to incorporate in the podcast, you know, extra elements um, that I, you know, can add on to my previously uh, thought out advice. And um, I am for season one of the No Fucks Given podcast, trying to get through kind of all of my books. So I'm trying to do sort of mini courses on the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck on get your shit together, which is the current uh, place we're in. And then the week, I think week nine, I'm going to be working with calm the fuck down. Um, so part of that is just for my own purposes of like organizational brain stuff. And part of it is to give listeners of season one, a basis, really take them through kind of a a speed course of the entire no fucks given universe so that in season two, I can feel a little bit more free to be a little bit less regimented because I feel like I will have put a lot of the, um, you know, the deep background information out there that people can go back to and listen whenever they want. Um, so yeah, I'm setting up a, a foundation for myself in my own, you know, organizational way. And also for listeners, I hope, uh, so that it'll be really easy to kind of get the full experience within season one. 
so so seasons. This is something that I've wondered about podcasts in general. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm shifting gears a little bit, but now I'm curious. Uh, I get it if you're it's a murder mystery podcast and each season covers a different, you know, investigation or whatever. I can get that. But there are some other podcasts I listen to that are in seasons. And I feel like a season ends and the next week the new season starts. And I'm like, why, why even have a season? Like, I don't really there's no particular theme. It's just I'm done with season seven and now I'm starting season eight. So with yours, how are you sort of defining? seasons. Well, let's be clear. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> this is all new to me, including the lingo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, basically part of it is like, uh, you know, I, I have a contract. I'm doing this podcast. It's being produced by my producers and I have a contract with them for a season. And there is not, you know, a specific amount of episodes that are, there's a minimum amount of episodes, but there's no maximum. So I kind of feel free to do what I want within that rubric. And so the way I have chosen to think of it at is for season one, um, I am going to be laying out as much, you know, as I said, sort of background information on the no fucks given universe as I can, um, giving people the underlying concepts of what it means to give a fuck, what it means, you know, to make your fuck budget, what it means to set goals and, and, you know, responsibly procrastinate and all these little nuggets that I build throughout my series. Um, in my view, season one is that, um, is that, you know, uh, reference that you can always go back to forever. This podcast will live forever and you can always get the full no fucks given experience within season one. And then I don't know what I'm going to do to differentiate it in season two, but I will differentiate it because I am constitutionally incapable of not doing something <laughs> new and different and innovative to keep it interesting for me and for everybody else. Well, I do look forward to uh, to seeing how it grows. I used the phrase fuck budget in a meeting uh, a few months ago, and I'll tell you, it raised some eyebrows. It got some people wondering. You know, I think it uh, it's one of those things where some people like to be shifted out of their comfort zone because it wakes them up in a meeting, because it makes them, you know, feel a little naughty uh, in a context where they're otherwise not allowed to feel naughty. Um, and and, you know, also there's alliteration going on there. And I think that is always a helpful tool for, for learning. So <laughs> I approve. I, I know that people listening right now do not see us, but right now I'm sitting in front of a makeshift backdrop because I'm in my basement and there's no reason for you to see the piles of laundry that are behind me or the dog that is snoring behind me at the moment. Um, but when I do work meetings, I tend to sit in front of my bookshelf because I just can't sit in the basement all day long. I need to you know change things up. And I have your books prominently displayed behind my head uh, for those because I think it's the perfect thing to put when my boss is trying to like get on my case about something. But it's amazing how many times someone's been on a meeting and go, I have all of those Sarah Knight books. Like it blows, oh. I mean, not I'm not surprised that people have read them, but it blows my mind how many people have commented on the fact that they're there. Yeah, I mean, it blows my mind too, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, as, as your longtime listeners would know, I was a book publishing uh, executive. I was a senior editor for 15, years in the New York City book publishing biz. And so I know um, how it works and how it doesn't work. And I certainly edited and put, put out into the world, you know, hundreds of books over my career, many of which were amazing and did not sell. Um, so I was prepared for my book to, to, first of all, to not necessarily be amazing because it was my first book I ever wrote and also to not sell. And when I finished it, I was like, I think I really think I got something here. And, uh, and then people agreed. So I am also very surprised and delighted uh, to know that so many people out there have bought so many of the No Fucks Given guides. They are the only books that I have on my shelf 
uh, here, but that's not because I'm an egomaniac. It's because I live in the Dominican Republic now and shipping books from New York City to the DR was not um, really cost effective. Um, and also they get really moldy in this climate. So I just try to keep one copy of all of my books and my foreign editions here just so that I can like look at them and, and be tickled. But otherwise, otherwise it's eBooks for me. So thanks to those of you who are displaying the No Fucks Given guides proudly. I appreciate it. My wife and I have been toying with the idea of moving to Sweden. And uh, one of the, well, two of the things that have been frustrating me with the idea, aside from the work that would go into actually making it happen, is I can't bring my vinyl records and I can't bring my books because shipping and moving all of that would just be a, an absolute nightmare and it wouldn't be cost effective anyway. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you have to decide what's more important. And um, I actually have some friends who were contemplating a big move like that and had the same issue with vinyl and with books and they just didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would ultimately be the backbreaker. Like if we actually wanted to make it happen, I think I could let it go. Um, but right now that's like one of those minor things where I'm like, well, do we really want to find out how to switch citizenships and, and go with all that? Well, if you do, you can use the tools from get your shit together and just approach it in small, manageable chunks to solve one little problem or one part of one little problem every day to get you there. I'm glad you said that because I have found, and, and for me over the last year, with all the stress and all the changes that have come from the pandemic, I've really done my best to look at the positive things that have come from it for me. And never before, as much as I've read your books and I've taken a lot of the things into account, never before have they made more sense to me than over the last year. There have been so many things uh, from your works that I've really been able to put into play this year more so. And I wonder like if, I wonder if that uh, surprise wouldn't be the right word, but I wonder if that surprises you or if that's, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense to me because it's happening for me too. Um, and I just think that this past year has, first of all, it's brought us all very inward. You know, it's, it's really made us sit with our own heads in our own homes um, without a lot of outside noise because we're not, you know, allowed to be out there and it's not safe to be out there and all that outside noise. So you spend a lot of time with your own thoughts and you spend a lot of time overthinking, which is, you know, uh, a blessing and a curse sometimes, depending on what you're trying to deal with. And so I feel like I have had a chance to um, really laser in on a lot of things, including that idea of you know, I, the last book of mine that came out before all of this started was called Fuck No. And it was just really like a, a primer on how to say no, be heard, stick to your guns and mean it. And then the pandemic happened and people didn't need a lot of help saying no because they basically couldn't say yes to anything anymore. So what I've tried to, to think about for myself is that this was a practice year for a lot of people. It was a practice year in... Um, in not doing things and being allowed to not do them. And as we go out back into the world, as things slowly open up and our quote unquote normal lives are available to us again, I think people are really gonna have had the benefit of realizing how great it was to not do some of those things um, when they had per permission. Uh, I put that in air quotes, which people can't see me do, when they had permission to not do it. And it'll be incumbent on us to really go forward and have the courage and the ability to say no to those things in the future just because we don't want to do them. And on the flip side of that, to re-embrace all the stuff that we genuinely missed and that we wish we could have been saying yes to. So if nothing else, I think and hope 
that this year has been a clarifying one personally, so that you can say, this is all the stuff that I love and miss and wanted to get back to. And on the flip side, this is the stuff that I do not want to bring back into my life. Um, and, you know, move forward from there with some kind of, as I said, some kind of clarity. So if, if there is a silver lining to be found, that is the one I am looking at. Um, although I am not a Pollyanna about this whole thing and I don't really think there are a ton of silver linings. <laughs> um, everything sucks. It's shitty for everybody. And I have a lot of empathy and sympathy for what everybody's going through. I, you know, I genuinely feel bad for the people that have sort of wallowed in the the self-pity over the last year and not realize the things they could take from this or not realize the, the things that they can move forward with. You know, I know so many people that since day one have just been like, I can't wait to get back to normal. And I get it. Like, there's a lot of things I'd love to do right now, too. But I'm realizing the things that were really sucking the life out of me before as well. And I feel bad for those folks that really just can't wrap their head around the fact that life was not perfect in the way that it was. Yeah. And I, and I think it's a sliding scale too, because definitely mental illness comes into play for me as somebody who's just clinically anxious and depressed. Um, I, I think that, you know, some people are just sort of surface level, uh, you know, fuck this. I just want to get back to my normal life. And some people are having, you know, real true, um, difficulties with handling the, the, discomfort and the emotion and the disappointment, um, you know, of everything that has or has not happened, uh, in the last year. So I'm kind of juggling a lot of stuff in my own head, but also trying very hard to see from the perspective of other people and reflect that back at them in the podcast. Cause I can't go back and rewrite my books. They're already out there with the perspective that I put into them pre pandemic. Um, so as we talked about in the beginning, you know, I'm trying to kind of refine and incorporate some things that I've learned both, you know, from myself and from what I'm hearing from feedback from other people that is more current and up to date um, and specifically related to pandemic and hopefully post pandemic life. So that the stuff I'm talking about in the podcast takes into account a little bit more of that, um, of the stuff that's really been eating away at people for the last year and how to get through it, get over it, get past it. Um, and, you know, and hopefully, hopefully we won't have to deal with this again for another 80, hundred years. But if we do, I also hope we've all learned something. <laughs> uh, do you ever watch, uh, last week tonight with John Oliver? I do. He's very funny. I, I, I like I would, him quite I a bit. I imagine that you would enjoy that. Well, there was one he did uh, a couple weeks ago about the next pandemic. That was his big story was talking about that. And at the end, my <laughs> wife looks at me and she's like, watching this show does not make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's exposure therapy of a sort. Um, but, you know, I another thing I'm trying to do is live more in the moment. And it's hard for me because I'm a planner. I think 10 moves down the chessboard. Um, and I'm always trying to manage my own expectations. I'm much more of a prepare for the worst kind of person than a hope for the best kind of person. And that has not really worked out well for me in pandemic year. Um, I have really had to focus on kind of what you were talking about, that daily gratitude, that uh, perspective on what is going well and what I can learn from this and can take from this. And that's hard for me. It doesn't come naturally. I mean, I talk in my book, Get Your Shit Together, about the power of negative thinking, which has always helped me. Um, so I'm trying to put a little positive spin on it myself. But uh, basically, whatever works for you is what's right. Whatever gets you through the day at this point in time. And hopefully, you know, 30 minutes of, of serenade in your ear once a week could do that. Um, but also just getting outside, 
um, just eating some good food uh, or just eating Ritz crackers and peanut butter, an entire sleeve of them in one night, which is what I do sometimes to make myself feel better. <laughs> um, and you mentioned earlier about how what you've been putting in the podcast now is kind of you know giving a foundation for what the No Fucks Given Guides are all about. And you're kind of you know going back through each book, you know, grabbing some pieces that really give you a feel for what it's all about. And there there have been so many um, just in the first, you know, I think at the time we're recording this, you've had six episodes so far that yeah. are the things that really tie into what we're doing right now. Like the your most recent episode talks about the to-do and the must-do list. And I've used that phrase so many times, it drives my wife crazy because she'll look at me sometimes <laughs> and she'll be like, you're sitting on the couch. And I'm like, well, I've done everything that I must do today and I need a day. Like I need some moments. I, I need to just sit and pop on that Netflix show for a little while. And she'll be like, you don't have anything else to do? I'm like, no, no, no. there are things I could do, but I'm done my must do list. And that is so important. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that that resonated for you. And for me as somebody, you know, I come at that um, that advice from somebody who is a compulsive overachiever and, and doer and was always like, well, if, if I have it, I should do it. Even if it's just about getting ahead and it's not really a deadline, I should keep doing it. And over time that really broke me down. And I developed this new perspective of like, you know what, the way to not burn out and the way to not overburden myself and the way to not take on so much that I inevitably drop one of those balls in the air. And that causes a way bigger mess than if I had just waited to do it tomorrow, um, is to really look at it as what is most urgent, what actually has to be done today, turn your to-do list into a must-do list, and it automatically becomes more manageable. And then you can add relax with Netflix to your must-do list, because that is actually urgent for the preservation of your mental health, the present, you know, the, the, the reclaiming uh, of your energy um, and all those fuck bucks and that fuck budget that I talk about balancing, you know, sometimes the urgent thing is relaxing. So, you know, I hope that comes across in this week's episode because I want it to both be a really helpful organizational, proactive organizational tool for people, but also a way for them to understand that self-care can and can be and is urgent sometimes and belongs on that must do list. That is such a good point too. Like your, your phrase self-care uh, over the last year, I've talked to a lot of people that are sort of in the self-help world, if you will. Um, and there are a lot of folks out there that view the term self-care in a negative light, or they think that it's not necessary and it's just this woo-woo thing, but it is self-care is bigger than that. And it's so important because if you don't take care of yourself, you're just going to crumble and fall apart. Yeah. I, you know, I totally understand that there are a lot of uh, necessary and meaningful conversations going on about the wellness industry and about it being in some ways exploitative and not inclusive enough of everyone's experiences. And I am wise enough to know that I should stay out of the fray on things in which I don't have personal experience and can't add um, a wise and, and necessary viewpoint. But I will say that it rubs me the wrong way when anybody attacks anyone else's version of self-care. It is literally for yourself. So if some people want to consider it actual therapy and, and uh, sort of medical intervention, and some people want to consider it bubble baths, and some people want to consider it exercise, and, you know, some people want to consider self-care to be, um, you know, 
literally anything you do with and for yourself, that's fine with me. You know, really whatever works, not just in pandemic year, but whatever helps keep you from becoming a complete and total um, puddle of goo, you know, it's, <laughs> I am all for it. So if it's expensive and you have the resources and you want to do it, great. If you need other options that are inexpensive and like, I, I do get that people can sometimes feel exploited by the quote self-care industry, but really it's just whatever you can and will and want to do for yourself. Yeah. Whatever clears in my mind. mind or whatever makes you feel good and, and gives you that mental break that you need. Also, I started meditating, which is just beyond what I ever thought I would do. And that's where I, that's what I was pushed to my breaking point last summer. And I started fucking meditating. So, you know, anything can happen folks. Oh, I love it. I love, but I, you know, and your honesty and your authenticity is really what I think makes your books and your podcast so effective. You know, there are so many resources out there, but sometimes I listen to them or I read them and I'm just like, what the hell is this person talking about? Like you can give me every study in the world, but what does that mean to me when I go through your work or even I saw you post something on social media about, um, I got to make sure I say her name right. Cause I'm speaking with her, but lovey Ajayi Jones, mm-hmm. um, that, that book that she just put out, the troublemaker book, it, it's so authentic. I just feel, I feel like I'm reading it. I'm like, you make so much sense to me because you're being so honest. She's fantastic. Uh, I read her previous book and I really loved it. And to me, the first book I'm judging you was a little bit more geared toward the, the funny and entertaining side while also having practical takeaway and professional troublemaker, which just published yesterday. Uh, the subtitle is the fear fighter manual is really both incredibly funny, but also really had a huge takeaway for me. I wasn't somebody who thought I really suffered from imposter syndrome or, or fear really, um, in any way. And she kind of, she turned some light bulbs on in my head. So I highly recommend that to anybody who's listening, professional troublemaker. That's what I want to talk to you about too, imposter syndrome. That's going to be our subject that listeners will hear on a future podcast episode with. <laughs> with <Lori>. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, but Sarah, all right. So we got the podcast going on. Uh, how has life been in general? I meant to ask you this earlier. How has life been in general? I mean, I know you're in the Dominican Republic. I know we're in a global pandemic. I get it. But how how are you holding up on the whole with life down there. I mean, it's a whole different world to what most people would experience, I think, uh, that are listening to this podcast right now. It is. It's very different than pretty much my entire family and and friend system back in the U.S. are experiencing, too. So it's been uh, challenging for my husband and I to remain um, connected to people who are going through pandemic in in the first world uh, with certain things available to them that we don't have available down here. But also we have wide open, you know, relatively deserted beaches and and outdoor living at our disposal. When I say I don't leave my house, I walk outside of my house, but I have like a deck. And so I spend my time there. I just don't go out into the general population. Um, but it's, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of cultural differences. Uh, there's a lot of things I don't, you know, that I wish were going better down here. Um, but I retain my personal health and and my husband's health and, uh, we're just doing everything we can to get through it, but it has turned into a real one day at a time kind of thing for me. I think after three months I started realizing, oh, this is going to be a while. And then after six months, I was like, oh God, we're not even halfway through this, are we? Um, and now I'm just, every day I wake up and I just, I eat my feelings and I wait for a vaccine. That's what I do. You know, I, my primary job is at a radio station. So that's the one that pays the bills. And, you know, we're so 
we're so event heavy. I mean, that's what really drives the needle for us is doing concerts and doing events. And, you know, all summer people kept saying like this date, this date. And I'm like, you guys just give up. Like it's, yeah. it's not going to be this date or that date. Like you just need to sit back and hold on. Like that's what it's going to be. Yeah. I've had a couple of friends uh, who had to cancel their weddings and, you know, a lot, a lot of other things like that, that are just, um, you know, they made the realistic and pragmatic decision, but it hurt. Yeah. Uh, and now we're in the point where it's like, maybe they can't even have the rescheduled one in 2020 and everybody's just kind of on pins and needles. And so, you know, I'm trying to be as, um, I'm trying to practice as much self-care as I can and as much compassion as I can for other people. It's not always easy. I can be a judgy bitch. Uh, and you know, and sometimes I just need a day to be like, you know what? I'm angry and, and I'm sad and I need you to leave me alone. Um, and then I come back and I record a podcast and I get back into my, into my zone. Um, and you know, that's just kind of how it's gone for the last, the last year or so. Well, Sarah Knight, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. The podcast, the No Fucks Given podcast is great. I love that you're bringing your message to to a new audience. I know you've had the books out and they've been, you know, coming out successively through the last, you know, five years or so. But I love the fact that you're opening the door for some other folks who maybe haven't seen the books to really take a listen and, and take some of your insight away because it is truly uh, priceless, at least in my world. So thank you for all of this. Thank you so much. And for your support from the very beginning, I love hearing from people who say, I had no idea who you were. I don't read, but boy, do I love your podcast. So it seems to be working. Um, and I'll come back and talk more whenever you would like, maybe about season two, mythical season two. You know what, Sarah, I, I think we could make that happen. Congratulations on your major life events of late. And, uh, you know, if you ever decide to make that move to Sweden and you need a little coaching in the in the small manageable chunks, let me know. Well, I know who to reach out to for sure. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> Sarah, uh, seriously, it's always good to talk to you. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. And uh, really, I, I love it. I love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Okay, thanks a lot. And you too. Huge thank you, as always, to Sarah Knight. I just, I always appreciate her fitting me into her must-do list. Uh, you can find the No Fucks Given podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and her books and journals are available wherever you get your books. And thank you to all of you for spending some time with me today. I so appreciate you sharing your day and your life with me. Until next week, be well. Be well.